You are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and across the table from me is one... Wayne David Randolph. I'm working on catchy jingles. And that catchy jingle indicates that this is Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Yes, it is. What's um, up, Chris? You know, not much. All right. I see you're drinking La Croix. La Croix, yeah. Um, hey, do you remember the 90s? Chris, I do. Me too. Awesome. Um, do, you remember, do you remember a game called the $100,000 Pyramid? Totally. Okay, ready? Yep. We're going to go for it. <clears throat> Just. Dear. Traveling mercies, hedge of protection. Uh, thank you for this day. Am I allowed to jump in when I know? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was waiting for more. Um, things Christians say in prayer, specifically in North America. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I don't remember the, the sound that it would make when you would win. I don't remember either. Um, I feel just like so m- you know, I, I well, just I, so you know, I shouldn't start with that. Because I might be wrong, but I think that that game has been around since before the 90s. Uh, that's true. When I think about the apparel that I imagine on people, <laughs> that's not 90s. Yeah. They're, they weren't wearing flannel. It's 70s-ish. Wow. But I was, I was alive then, too. So thanks. Ooh. Yeah. I was born in 83. But I see what you're doing. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Now, we've, we've done kind of, uh, I, I think, decoding uh, Christian language, haven't mm-hmm. we, before? Yes. Have, and we've, we've, done also done, we've also yeah. done one on prayer. We've done one on prayer. Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, are we are we are we digging here? Yeah. Chris, so we no. So we've we've gotten into um, the the phenomenon of prayer, and we've gotten into the linguistics of prayer. But um, I think today it's it's worth getting into some of the content of awesome. prayer. Um, awesome. And I can't <laughs> tell you how many times. Um, usually, when I have students pray. Um, how many times a certain prayer request or topic surfaces. Yeah. And it does have to do with traveling mercies and hedge of protection yeah. um, and, and angels guarding and such. Mm, yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're talking, we're talking about safety. Yeah. Yeah. And safety. Being safe. Yep. Yep. And I'm pretty sure in the Bible, um, if you look in the book of Nahum chapter two, it talks about safety first, right? Some of you right now are like, wait, there's a book <laughs> in the Bible called Nahum. Awesome. Go, sorry. Safety first, right? Isn't isn't that Nahum chapter two? I haven't. I don't have that one memorized, Chris. Mm. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's because <laughs> it's not in the Bible, and that's just something that we say. Um, and it, it's probably honestly, like if you work in a factory, um, whether it's making frozen cookie pucks, um, or I've I have a friend at church that does that. He's a quality control guy who makes frozen cookie pucks. Cook, yeah, awesome. Uh, he actually has a job that uh, makes me really happy. <laughs> Um, or if you are in a machine shop or if you uh, operate heavy machinery or if, you know what, if you work in a restaurant and you don't want to slip safety mm. first. Yeah. Yeah. I went to those meetings, OSHA. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have the really, we used to make fun of them at my last school where we'd have, uh, they'd have the blo- blood born pathogen video. Have you ever oh, seen that one? Uh, it's so good. It should be up for an Academy award, but yeah, safety is very important with us here in our country with mm-hmm. business. We have, again, I just mentioned to OSHA, we have laws right. about safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the middle letter in the TSA, right? 
I just don't know those guys. I don't. I, I don't want to deal with them. I've, I I make up things in my mind about what those three letters mean. That's fun. But, like the DMV. Um, but yeah. Yes. And so <laughs> safety is really valuable. But the question is, um, we are Bible teachers. Um, and when we say it's always interesting because I think, yeah, we're Bible teachers, but um, half of what we teach is the Bible and half of what we teach is like how to think intelligently about life and how God and theology yeah, yeah, and relationships and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, and so as we're teaching people what it means to be human and scripture and the Christian worldview and all these, uh, where does safety fit into the Christian worldview? Because I, I let me think of some of the heroes of, of the Christian faith. Um, yeah. Abraham. Super safe. Super safe. Totally left everything he knew in the middle of the desert to live in a tent where left nobody his knew him. family, right? left his dad mm-hmm. and listened to this God who probably everybody else around him was yep. like, who told you to go where? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. How about... Uh, David. David. Yeah. yeah totally safe. safe. He spent most of his life running from the fr- threat of death. He actually played music in the presence of a madman who tried mm. to kill him. Yeah. Um, oh, crap. I guess he... What about... Elijah? Elijah, totally safe. That one time with the... With, with all the other... With the prophets. Oh, and the other time when the queen was chasing him in the desert. Mm. Or, oh, Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him. Totally safe. Totally I safe heard, guy. I heard that he nailed it the first time that he spoke. People just gave him a standing ovation and then tried to throw stones at him until he died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, technically, if, if it's the Luke 4 account, then they tried to throw him off a cliff. Off the cliff. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. So all that to say, I mean, we're sorry for the the uh, just the amount of sarcasm there, but yeah, but clearly we're being uh, we're being coy. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't. Yeah, I, I I really can't, I can't think of <laughs> one single person. And if they did, actually, I mean, you can think of these stories of people who um, maybe in the desire for safety or self preservation, which we might call safety, um, like disobeyed. The commandments of God yeah. or prophets and this and that, and um, they ended up anything but safe. Right, and Jesus even, himself even says, um, what does it gain a person um, if they yeah. gain the whole world um, but lose their soul? But in their soul. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, so safety, well, let's let's talk about why safety is an okay thing, right? Like, cause it's not, it's not intrinsically bad to want to be safe and to want to not die by being stoned to death. Like, I don't think Paul was like, Hey, um, I would like to get stoned to death for no good reason. Right. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't like, I hope I get stoned. Let's go get hit with rocks. Yeah. Um, so clearly like the Christian worldview doesn't teach that you should seek out harm. Like that's, that's masochism. Yeah. Um, that would be, that would be cultish. Right. And that would be wrong. <laughs> um, and, and so even going back to the very first episode we recorded, this idea of shalom, mm. right? Like yeah. when there is shalom, if there is true shalom in which it's a right, how do your, your kids are able to spout off um, the definition faster than I am, yeah, right? Abundanting, so flourishing. Yeah. The one that we use in class, right? Uh-huh. I know there's others out there, but the one we use is, is a, is a flourishing life or a flourishing relationship with God, ourselves, nature, and each other. Um, but it's a flourishing and abundant life, not lacking anything. Yeah. Right? And that's whole, I mean, or we can just, you know, be more succinct and say wholeness. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it does imply all those relationships. Right. And if you think about it, like part of Shalom includes safety. Yeah. Right. If, totally. if there's abundant harmony, wholeness, all of those things, then, then yeah, then well, people aren't, 
getting hit with rocks or right. chased yeah, to be killed. Yeah, if I have a if I lack nothing, right, right, then I then I lack danger. Yeah, which and so, means then I lack the need to pray for safety. Right, <laughs> and so there were times when Abraham didn't have shalom with the land, and there was a famine. Yeah, um, or there was times when David didn't have shalom with Saul, and so he was being pursued to be killed, and Jesus didn't have shalom with the Pharisees, and um, and got what was coming. Um, and they put him on a, <laughs> yeah, they, and they campaigned to put him on a cross. Yeah. Um, and so we live in a world where, yes, um, we pursue shalom and we try to make pockets of it. Um, we, I know that they're not fully interchangeable, but we try to spread the kingdom, right? And the kingdom is a place where shalom actually is a reality. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you have your notifications turned on on your phone for the news app, oh. um, you are aware of the fact that shalom um, is not abundant, like is not happening. Um, we're recording. This will be released in the future. Um, but today there was a school shooting. Today was a school shooting. There was a fourth or fifth bomb, um, in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yep. Just got to turn on the news and, and you're pretty or aware. Or like you said, your notifications. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just constantly we're bombarded with it. Yeah. yeah. Which, which makes that, and that makes sense to me, Chris. I mean, I, I'm, we're parents. Mm-hmm. And we work we work with minors, right? Yep. And so we, yeah. I mean, even even before we kind of like dive into it, like we we get that. I, yeah. I understand people's desire for safety. I, I I understand you know what happens. You know this visceral reaction when I read those things or hear those things, and, and I think about my own kids. And yeah. I, I get it. I get all that. Um, I think what what I'm hoping that we explore in this episode, Chris, is that we like always we acknowledge the tension. Yeah. Um, and. In no way, you know, I just want to make sure. Here we go again. Disclaimers. But disclaim, disclaim. I just want to make sure, like, you know, parents, especially if you're listening, like we're, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going to go down the path and say you're wrong for having fear or you're bad for, mm-hmm. for desiring safety. And we're not going to tell you, you have no faith or trust in God, but, mm. but let's acknowledge, let's acknowledge maybe where this movement has come from, mm-hmm. which we've kind of done there from scripture, but into where we are now. Maybe how we got here, how do we maybe how do we have healthy dialogue about safety with yeah. students and sometimes right in our positions with with parents as well and mm-hmm. so yeah and I, I think that um, when it comes to the topic of safety and how it interacts with faith, I think one of the main like the first thing that I think of is um, my theology, the Old Testament, and life and teachings of Christ teacher Dr. Bruce Boulogne. Yeah. Um and he said he essentially said. Anywhere in scripture that you see the word faith, you can replace it with the word risk. Um, anytime that someone has faith, it, it almost exclusively means that that person took a risk. Um, and wherever you're taking a risk, it means that it is not like by definition, it is not safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's even just unknown, mm -hmm. right? I mean, sometimes that risk is, is literally just. I don't know what the next step yep. is. It's interesting because I, in my class, I often point to students like we look at that in the Hebrews, and uh, like the great hall of witnesses. We kind of alluded yeah. to some of the great, the greats from the Old Testament, and it says by faith this person by faith by faith. And I always like to go back and show the students that it doesn't say necessarily by faith in the Old Testament. It says that Enoch or Abraham or whoever it is that they walked with God and mm-hmm. it was attributed to them as faith. But that kind of coincides with what Blowing's saying there is like walking with God means it's going to be risky. Right. Like if you're the one walking with God and everybody else isn't. Right. Yeah, and that's going into the unknown. Because if you're yeah. walking with the loving, 
um, generative shalom filled creator of the universe um, in a world that is broken and wants oh. to degenerate um, and to destroy and to break where there's one it wants to make two it yeah. wants to divide right yeah. so then you're then, gonna get put on blast yep absolutely yeah. um, and we see that with Abraham we see it with his wife uh, yeah. the issues that went down with them yeah yep wow. and I think that um, particularly this came up in the in the parable of the the talents I believe there's a Luke version of the story that's the parable of the minas mm-hmm. or the um mm-hmm. Like where it's coins instead of talents. I wish but, it was a drachma. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I like saying drachma too. Um, <laughs> Feels Klingonish. It does. <laughs> drachma. <laughs> um, but in, in this parable, you have um, two guys that invested money, were able to double it, and the master is happy. And the last guy, um, he he does not invest the money, but he doesn't lose it either. He plays it safe. He buries it in the ground where it can't be taken, um, and as a result, returns no investment. And, and so- but but and let's let's make sure we point out too, like um, thinks that he's doing, he is doing something good, right? Yep. Instead of me losing it or or gam, you know, yep, gambling, we're like potentially risking to lose it. My master is going to be stoked because. He handed it to me, and I'm going to hand it back. <laughs> right, exactly. And right? and I think that some of us approach the Christian life that way. Like, I've been handed my faith, and so I will um, make sure that I continue believing these things and just hold on tight to them. And as long as I survive mm-hmm. and stay statically faithful and committed to this Christian faith, then I'm set. Well, and, and not just set, but then you're also you're also set up to hand it off to your children right? so that they can do the exact yep. same thing. So yeah, yeah, okay. So at least part of what we're saying is that maybe some of this has to do with the culture by which we inherit our Christianity. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But then, I mean, for those of you who know the parable, um, if, you're, <laughs> if you're wanting to look it up, in Matthew 25, um, he the master comes back and mm. says, no, you wicked servant. Um, there is That's a... so harsh to us yeah. today, right? Because we just don't say that. Yeah, and I mean, there... <laughs> There's a um, uh, an Episcopalian priest, Robert Ferrar Capone, and he has like beautiful language. Um, and he he actually um, re paraphrases this verse, but one one of the ways that he puts it, I'm, I'm not reading it, so I've, I'm probably quoting it wrong. But he basically he calls the guy who didn't invest the money Arthur, um, and he basically says, Arthur, um, if I wanted you to keep it in a damn napkin. Um, and you want me to tell you you are a good boy? I'm sorry, you are a bad. Boy, I would rather you have blown all the money on the horses, um, mm. because then at least you would have been a gambler after my own heart. Um, wow. Yeah, and, and I think does he catch some flack for that? Uh, <laughs> I can already imagine some people like, no, there's, there's no. But, way. but I think that's what he like. Think about what investment is. Yeah. Like, if you're able to double an investment, you took risk, yeah. right? You don't double an investment by putting it in a savings account with zero point one percent interest. No. And you um, went aggressive. Yeah, yeah. These other guys like doubled essentially the equivalent of millions of dollars and they were mm. able to double it in a short amount of time. Yeah, which, they would have the corner office. Yeah, which they, they took massive risks. And when you take massive risks, um, there's the potential for harm. Yeah. And, and I think that one of the main things that my, my professor pointed out, Dr. Boulogne pointed out back in the day, is that it's not just about taking risks, right? But it's taking appropriate risks. Mm. So it's not just about like, okay, risk is inherently good. Therefore, let's skydive. Let's do everything. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. But if you are taking risks. He's obviously a teacher, knows that he's talking to young, impressionable minds. Yes. Yeah. Knows yep. the, the art of the disclaimer. Right. Exactly. And I'm thinking about us teaching teenagers. Yeah, like Totally. Um, the, You've said it before. We have to like, you You have to preface things like eight times, yep. right? And, yeah. and thinking about like, but I, I think that part of it is like, okay, well, that's a liability. But if we really think about it. 
our youth are an asset to the church because they are going to be the ones who have the boldness and the audacity to take risks that those of us who are worried about our 401k Mm. um, and if it's covered by the insurance or not, or if it's legal to give those homeless people that hot dog. Mm. um, Those of us who are worrying about the red tape, they're going to be like, let's do it. They're hungry. I like or, you, Chris. Let's do it because the like because the gospel compels us to yeah. do these things, and they're going to be willing to take the so risk. So how? Thank you. Um, that's rad. You're actually, let's. I'm glad you're saying those things out loud. So how <laughs> how do we how do we um, in the high school setting mm. right with teenagers? How do we teach um, healthy risk mm-hmm. um, for the kingdom? Yep. Um, yeah. And 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 you said something back there um, that I, I thought was really interesting in this idea of when there's big risk, there also is the potential um, for big loss, for yep. for chaos, for tragedy. And um, I I just I just, <laughs> I just don't see anything in scripture that says um, that we should avoid all those things. Um, that we that we we turn our heads from those things. Yeah. Uh, in fact, what I see scripture telling me is that life's random, mm-hmm. that these chaos is coming, um, mm-hmm. whether it's caused by somebody else or maybe mm-hmm. in this case in our scenario we're talking about, maybe it is from me, but um, it also seems like it's in the midst of those times that we, we grow um, and that our life can be a classroom to learn. Yep. Um, those are really, those are, I hold I hold pretty strong to those mm-hmm. those beliefs, um, and then I find a great amount of tension. Yeah, being in a in a high school classroom. Um, I mean, not just not just in the classroom, right? But when we do some of these trips, mm-hmm. or like I, I take kids internationally every year, and mm-hmm. to to look people and look parents in the face and say, "I recognize I'm taking your treasure." outside of the country, right? And, yeah. and, and all the baggage that comes with that in their minds, right? But um, so how, how, do we, how do we have this discussion? Let, let's at least talk about like with the kids. Yeah. How do you think God feels about our safety? It's really important for him, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, well, he said that birds have nests and they, they even though... Like, they have nothing, but they eat every day, and they survive every day. So just imagine us being the sons of God. So, yeah, he treats us like we're his kids, and parents care for the safety of their kids. He cares about the little things, so I think he cares about what we do and how we go about life. And so he cares about taking care of us because we're his children. So, yeah. I think... um God wants to always keep us protected and in the best uh, position possible. And he's always trying to have the best thing for us. Uh, He's the one that created us, so he knows that we should put our trust in him. With like and like to trust trust him with our life and stuff. So yeah. Safety in what in which way? Just safety in general? Yeah, us being safe. I think he doesn't like us playing safe with our faith. Like just playing it like I think he cares for us to some extent for us to be personally safe for us to be like for our own well-being but he doesn't want us to be passive and I think like with being passive comes safety especially in our faith like if you're if you're not actively seeking God if you're not actively doing something with your faith it's kind of safe, you know, because you don't have to deal with ridicule, you don't have to deal with the pain of, like, the sin stirring up in your soul, 
at least have the discussion with with our students. Um, yeah, about this kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and to and to risk and to do so appropriately. And yeah, yeah. What does that What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, I think it. I think it starts with. Um, well, first of all, like there's different personality types. Um, totally. Like, and so some of you are Enneagram junkies or Myers Briggs or whatever you are. But some some personality types are going to be in love with safety, and some are going to be in love with risk. Totally. Um, and so. That, I married one. Yeah. And I love it. Yep. Yeah, because she keeps me grounded. Yeah. yeah. But, but that being said, the vast majority of teens, um, I think the first step starts with saying it's okay to take risk. Um, cool. Because I think that up up until you're like 14 or 15, like uh, the job of a lot of parents is to like, or one of the main jobs is perceived to be like, hey, don't stick your finger in the light socket. Don't, right. <laughs> don't do these things that will kill you for no good reason. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so... Um, rightly so, I think a lot of kids learn, okay, the world can be a scary place that I can find death around any corner. Um, and giving teens the permission to say, Hey, but, but risk is something that is part of being faithful to God. Hmm. So yes, that there are many things that can kill you. Um, my wife and I take, um, people into Mexico, um, every year and, even though we're not going to the place where the drug cartels are, um, oftentimes these trips are over spring break and the, the way the news cycle works is right. that's when they start airing <laughs> right. the stories about the yeah. most recent gang violence yep. in Mexico. And even though it's 400 miles away from where we're going, right. parents internalize that. But bullets, as, bullets can travel that far. Yeah. Chris, I don't know if you're aware yeah. of that today. I hope no one's shooting in San Francisco right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, but either way, um, uh, these conversations need to happen and say, yeah. um, and, and we can be honest with them and be like, yep, you totally could get shot. Yeah. Yep. You totally yeah. could, yeah. um, contract a disease. That's right. Um, but why are you contracting that? Yeah. Disease, and it, right? yeah, I'm not, why I'm not going to shot? Mexico on the spring break with other people to go party and do this. Right. Like, I'm going to, um, potentially plant seeds for the kingdom or right. to learn more about the kingdom and bring it back to infuse energy here yep. and, um, yeah, it seems like that would that would align with I don't know some of these things this, this dude Jesus said yeah. right like go and tell people and yep. interact with them and 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 um, there's a book that was popular when I was in my teen and college years called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge um, and I I know that within that there was a, a lot of perpetuation of gender roles and things that I'm not <laughs> sure that I I can stand behind but I, what I did appreciate there's some good in there yeah what I did appreciate is that it, it basically gave young boys permission to yeah go go do the things that everyone tells you you cannot do um and I think after letting people know that they have permission to take risk I think it then becomes the we get then get to be the purveyors of wisdom who yeah. then say, and here are the risks that are worth it. Yeah. There are some risks that are not worth it. Right. Right. Going 60 around um, the corner on Glendora mountain road for fun so that you can see a nice view. That might not be a risk that's worth it. I appreciate you saying that. A lot. Thanks. <laughs> but maybe, um, maybe going on a missions trip or um, doing homeless ministry yeah. or, yeah, Right, doing doing these sorts of things that actually further the kingdom, those are risks that, yeah, might get you shot, killed, beat up, chased. Um, but and good on you. Yeah, it's for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah, I can imagine parents right now already like, dude, you guys are too idealistic. But yeah. I just read read the book. Yep, read the text. You know what else I like, and you said there, Chris, is is we get to be the ones then that get to maybe guide with wisdom and and. 
um, you know, just kind of ask them like, you know, are they pursuing wisdom? But what I also love, I love about our, our roles in these kids' lives is we also get to be the ones who maybe it's the post, it's the follow-up wisdom. Maybe it's the, just the debriefing of, okay, what did you learn? When you put yourself in that situation, what did you learn? What did you learn about God? Mm. What did you learn about trust? What did you learn about risk? What did you learn yep. about yourself? And something that um, I, I catch myself saying often, um, but I, and I still struggle, I still struggle with really being good at 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 um, uh, kind of overseeing this. Or, but I, the Christian school environment, or maybe you're in youth ministry. Like these are great opportunities for our kids to learn failure mm. and and to learn like cause and effect um, yep. type of relationships. And you know, maybe especially for us guys with risk, but. What a great thing to be able to come back into a community of people who love you and care about you mm-hmm. and and can debrief with you what did you learn and and I mean we have a lot in scripture talking about like that there's this posture that that seems to be alluded to often that that talks about like how we rejoice in the midst of of trials or yeah. even sufferings and um it doesn't say whether or not somebody else always caused it or you caused it yourself it just but it's these are oftentimes these are opportunities for us to grow right yeah. you know what i mean yep. and that i don't know if that t- takes place uh outside of community yeah. like if you're just debriefing with yourself afterwards and so yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a great that's a great idea is, is to encourage risk and then and then to encourage the the debrief afterwards. Yeah, you know because yep. you can because no not everybody's going to win. Yep, we get to we get to <laughs> encourage that risk and be that voice of wisdom um, and then debrief with them. And I think that one other ingredient there that this is probably the more convicting part if if you're in young adults or teenage ministry is that you get to model it as well yeah. because it's really easy for us to push the teen um, into the and, risky situation and, f- and feel immune or, or like, Oh, we've already done it. Right. right. We've already done it. So we don't have to anymore. Yeah. But if but I like where you're going, but how much more powerful is the debrief? If you're also engaging yeah. in that same, like if I, if I'm taking my three-year-old daughter to Mexico as well, or to the Dominican where like in dengue season or right, right. like doing these things, I mean, granted, always remembering that it's an appropriate risk. Right? My son actually did just tell me yesterday, because we're going to Guatemala this right. summer, and he's, this is his first trip. He gets to go with us, and he's been in the Dominican a couple of times uh-huh. and that, but he actually did tell me that he's a little afraid of, of Zika. Hmm. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, that's... That, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll calculate that risk yeah. and take the appropriate steps, and yeah, yeah. it makes sense. And yeah. fortunately... Like, be nervous. Side note, my daughter and I both have sickle cell trait, so I, we're kind of immune to malaria. We're not immune to malaria, mm. um, but it tends to be not lethal to people with mm. sickle cell trait. So so that's good, because that was one of my fears, is like, oh, malaria. And yeah. then yeah. genetic testing seems to help us not have that fear anymore. Awesome. So it's less risk. Awesome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, but, but nevertheless, like if you, we're engaging in it as well, how much more powerful is that right. debrief experience? Right. We are not just the, the scientists behind the, um, the one-way window, right. like observing the, students are the, rats. the little rats like <laughs> running around trying to do oh. things for the kingdom, but we're doing it with them and saying, man, this is how I felt yeah. um, when, that, when that weird thing went down at Laundry Love, or this is how I felt when things got a little strange at the bus station in Guatemala, or whatever. <laughs> it is yeah. like that you get to process it with yeah. them and um thinking back to those episode the, a couple episodes ago scott schimmel like pointing out that we get to model for them yeah. what it looks like to be a christian do we want to reproduce ourselves and yeah. if we are not also taking appropriate risks um yeah. then we are either going to be modeling impropriety or lack of faith totally. for our students i i th- thank you 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think part of uh, the idea of modeling, Chris, it also addresses maybe, I mean, it might be a small elephant, but it addresses an elephant in the room. And I, I think you alluded to it earlier with with kind of the enculturation of, mm. of this thing. Um, there's there's a, a falsehood that seems to have crept into some of our, our Christian communities, which is like, we, we are safe. Hmm. Like now that now that we're the the saved ones, right? Like we we don't go out there, and um, I, you know, I might be going down too far of a of a rabbit hole there. It might be more of an eschatological kind of like you know, if you're if you're viewing that we're just waiting to get out of here kind of idea, then safety would be pretty important, yeah, right. Um, but if if you have this this view that the kingdom is at hand and that we get to participate, or as I like to say sometimes, we get to go play in the kingdom. Yep. Um, then it, it does kind of change our understanding of safety. But but there's there's a huge part of our family, of our, our Christ-following brothers and sisters, who um, safety is a part of their theology mm-hmm. and living in in safe areas and neighborhoods yep. and staying that way and... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just start throwing darts at people. If, right. if you live, you know, behind a gated community, like you can call me a hater because I don't live in one. Maybe, but um, yeah, it, it that that lifestyle begins to trickle into our theology and right. makes us think that then, therefore, Christianity is safe. Right, and um, if, if I intentionally have, go ahead, go ahead. If we have biblical theology, then then we then we, we can't <laughs> do that. Now, again, though, I mean. Shalom is part of our theology, right? Then, and right. safety is part of shalom. Um, but we live in a world that is not filled with shalom. And I, I mean, sometimes a quick Google search of things is not very productive. But even like just the initial like verses that come out, up about safety in the Bible, I was like expecting some like oh, t- I didn't hey, do may- that. Tell me what, what maybe they'll have some things. But what, what I've noticed like across the board is nowhere does it. I mean, First Corinthians ten thirteen talks about temptation not being able to overtake us um and second thessalonians 3 talking about him strengthening us to resist the evil one mm. and deuteronomy 31 and i think joshua 1 9 talks about being strong and, and not being and courageous <laughs> and not being terrified and yeah. what, what i noticed the common theme in all of these things is that um it's not that god prevents bad things or prevents danger or risk from our lives, but rather he assures us that in the risk and in the danger, he is with Trust us. Trust me. Yeah. Yep. He's with us. Yeah. And, That's and, good, Chris. and with us might mean that we die. Yeah. Um, and, and I with, had uh, one yeah. of my, one of my um, uh, former employers, uh, one of the leaders at the old school that I worked at, he used to talk about like, sometimes you have, sometimes you have to go and say things to people, right? Sometimes you have, you have to go and, um, maybe like like some of the the stories that we have with the prophets who you know it's kind of scary it's fearful to have to go walk up and he says yeah you might feel that you need to do that or called to do it and and you should um, just know it it might it might result in getting your head handed to you yeah but like that doesn't stop you from doing what the next smart wise God honoring decision is right. right like yeah it might cost you your life right. but um, there was a time when that didn't scare us yeah because. The guy that we follow, <laughs> yeah, who exemplified it, like we're saying, like like showed it to us, caught you know, caught and taught. The guy that we follow was killed, yeah, and and he let them do it, right. And um, on the other side of that death is resurrection, which is why the fear is gone, which right. is why Paul can exclaim, like, where where's your sting, death? Like, is that all? I mean, think about it. Is that all you got? Yeah. What are you going to do? The the most you can do is kill me. Yep. Again, 
I sound, ide- I sound idealistic. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a Christian, and right. I follow this guy named Jesus, and it seems that his ways are far more idealistic than the world around me. Yep. Um, and and if, you were an, if, you're <laughs> an, if you're an administrator in a church or a Christian school, and you're like, okay, so how do we make policy for that? Right. I, I think that... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think what it starts with is remembering the duality, right? right? right. The, uh, right. Um, or And maybe duality is too binary. So honoring that tension between risk and appropriate, yeah. because there are appropriate risks, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think that no matter what, there is going to be risk. I, I think that a lot of, um, I feel like over the last se- several decades, um, mm-hmm. more and more we have bowed down um, to the God of safety and security. Um, so much so, um, <laughs> so much so that we have... Um, Erected I, I get, temples and idols in its honor? <laughs> or administrations or um, policies or... Um, I, I remember watching this um, documentary and it was a, I mean, it was a really polemic um, documentary, but it was called the war on kids. Um, and there was this one little segment on the school system. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't agree with everything in the right. documentary, <laughs> right. but there's one little segment where um, they played this game called prison or school. Um, and they flashed up pictures of schools and flashed up pictures of prisons, um, and had like little kids guessing which one it was. Oh. And then like toward the end of the game, they're just really confused. Cause they, you, sometimes it's really hard to tell the difference, but because we're so concerned with security and safety that our schools are beginning to look more like prisons and we have to have really high yeah. gates and we need to have like, I, and I, I, to an extent, I totally understand. Right. Yeah. Um, that like the, um, I guess that the metal detectors and the, in, even in, to get into the school office, oftentimes there has to be someone to buzz you in, yeah. um, to get into the office just to ask a question to the secretary. It has a very institutional feel though, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, and, I, I graduated high school in 92 mm-hmm. and yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, we had officers, we had huge gates. Um, there were metal detectors at times. Yeah, the mm-hmm. little wands. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've often referred to high school as I feel cheated. I feel robbed uh, often because I was just worrying about, <laughs> I was just trying to hustle. I was just trying to figure out how to, how to get through another day. Yep. Um, yeah, at and, the expense of my education. And I think that part of the problem, I mean, part of the problem, maybe the whole problem sure. there is that if, if these are educational institutions, um, there's something called the hidden curriculum. Mm. Um, and by even our architecture, um, in our school we're structure, teaching we're teaching something yeah. about the way that we, what we expect about the world and society. Now, don't get me wrong. We, we mentioned how unsafe our world is, right? We just talked about, um, a couple weeks ago, um, there was the shooting in Florida. Um, today there was a shooting in Maryland. Um, and even just doing like a, looking at the Wikipedia page that has the list of school shootings, um, in America, um, it's the, huge. There's so much. It's massive. It, it went back much further than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. But what, I think what it illustrates is that our world is not necessarily a safe place. Yeah. And, and the world not being a safe place ha- is not a new, I, new phenomenon. Um, right. We'll, yeah, we'll, there have been wars and rumors of wars and grumblings yeah. since. Yep. And, <laughs> and recently, um, across the country, there was the, a walkout yeah. um, about school violence, trying to raise awareness, um, and also to remember the victims of the Florida shooting. Yeah. Um, but 
and we'll we'll do a later episode more probably more directly targeted to school shootings and yeah. what that means about our world and and gun violence and all that. Some of the we we had some great debriefing time with yeah. our students in the class and we can bring up some of that stuff. But. Yep. And and one of the things that stood out to me um after that is is the need to realize that when we're focused on safety um oftentimes what we end up doing is treating the symptoms um mm. and not treating the underlying causes. Right. Um, I, no, no, it's good. Chris. First of all, I, I think I thought that Columbine was like the first school shooting and like, yeah, it goes way back in history. But as you read about each of these school shootings or these violent incidents, um, there's a, there's a world of psychological, sociological, um, political issues going. Yeah. One of the earliest ones was during a war in yeah. America yep. in the 1700s. Yep. Um, and so we have all of this. There's a lot more going on yeah. in each of these situations, and what needs to happen is the kingdom of God needs to manifest in individuals' lives and in culture. Yeah. Um, not necessarily that we need to build better fences and install more metal detectors right. and put more dudes in uniforms with guns. Yeah, or give you an on campus. Gun. Yeah, yeah, and something there, Chris. Thanks for saying that. And when we say something like the kingdom of 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 heaven needs to like break free or, you know, like mm-hmm. needs to, needs to, um, grow in that area. Um, I think practically speaking, um, you know, maybe we don't have, we're not giving you, um, like, you know, so here are the three steps, the things that you go yeah. do, but, um, at least what we're starting with saying is, is, is if we're taking healthy kingdom risks, um, then maybe we can get the kingdom into those situations right. and, and yeah, maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe in our lifetime, we're not going to see, we're not going to see the results of that or the fruit of that. Right. But this is the work um, that the brothers and sisters have been doing for generations before us. Right. Um, it is is planting those seeds, and so um, yeah, as as the world continues to decay, um, I would like to remind us that Jesus Himself, when He was on this planet, said that we are the salt, yep. and that the salt is there to slow down the decay process. Yep. And um, I think one of my fears is so Jesus talks about like if the salt loses its saltiness, then it's it's you know you throw it outside and let men trample on it. Um, my fear is that maybe our salt hasn't lost its saltiness. Maybe we've forgotten what salt is used for, mm. um, and that we need to get out there. And 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 this idea of the light that um, if we really believe that these things are bad, instead of um, there, there's an, another Christianese term talked about used sometimes back in the day, like this holy huddle, hmm. instead of us getting all together and grouping together and being safe and saying, wow, at least we're the lucky ones. No, there's some darkness out there. How do we equip? We're not just yeah. saying just go run blindly in there. How do we equip these students to, to get out there and to take the light, to be the salt, right? Yeah. And to take the light into these dark places. And so... Um, we're not advocating, at least I don't think we are, Chris, we're not advocating that you you cease praying for safety. Mm. Um, I think what we might say is maybe a, maybe a healthier way to to discuss it. Um, there's a prayer I use with my students called the Jesus Apprentice Prayer. And one of the terms it says in there, I love it. I've noticed some of my students pick it up and they've mm. incorporated it into their, their prayer life. The same way they pick up terms like traveling mercies and, right. and incorporate it into their prayer life. Um, there's this line that goes something along the lines of, you know, I trust you, God, 
uh, I trust you, Jesus, that you won't let anything happen to me today unless that it it, it passes through your hands. Like yeah. I'm with you, and the things that are going to happen are going to happen, uh, whether that's random or planned. I mean, that's another podcast, but right. the things that are going to happen are going to happen. But I'm going to trust that it's it's through the lens of you, yep. and I'm going to take on the posture and view that through the lens of you and your kingdom. So it's either seeds will get planted as a result of that, or the bad stuff that happened, I get to grow. Uh, and God can just use me all the more later because of something that I learned at this time. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think if we are kingdom-minded or shalom-minded, then what we end up getting um, is we do actually end up increasing the amount of safety, yeah. but it's kind of in the long term. Yeah, right? like, and it's... And it, it's I mean, we're we're, t- we're talking about eternal things here, right? So yeah. it, it it points to an eternal safety. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that I even think of our Mennonite brothers and sisters Come during on, um, second the Second World War. They were conscientious mm. objectors. Yeah. Um, but the Mennonites then were then forced to work in. Um, the mental institutions, um, mm. what would are called insane asylums back in the day. Oh, weird. Um, but what they did is that they ended up bringing the kingdom and, and the gospel into these quote unquote insane asylums and introducing compassion. Mm. Um, it, just, j- just read about <laughs> what mental institution institutions looked like in the thirties and forties. And you'll realize how far they've come And a big chunk of that progress was because people were willing to take the gospel, the kingdom and Shalom into places that were dangerous into places that were not comfortable, that were risky. And I wonder um, if they prayed for traveling mercies, Chris, or if they, I mean, or if they prayed for a level of courage and boldness like the early church. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. Hey, um, I'd love to, to share a quote with you. Go for it. And, uh, you know, this might be my parting words uh, on this podcast today, but um, Shane Claiborne, uh, you brought up Mennonites. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the dude. Um, I, I would say he, he gave me permission to shake up my theology a little bit that I mm. grew up with. And, but there's a quote that he has. It's actually in the bottom of my emails. I love it. And mm. it's kind of on the subject we're talking about now. So here we go. Shane Claiborne, out of his book, The Irresistible Revolution, How to Live Life as an Ordinary Radical. So if the world hates us, we take, care, we take courage that it hated Jesus first. If you're wondering whether you'll be safe, just look at what they did to Jesus and those who followed him. There are safer ways to live than being a Christian. Yeah. Amen. Dude, that, that gives me courage. You know, it gives me permission to not, like you said, not go seek it out like a little juvenile, right? but to to not be afraid of taking the light into dark places because the guy that I follow, he did it first. Right. And uh, even if the light gets us persecuted, gets us killed, gets us um, maybe assaulted or, or has us go through difficult things. um, I think that what this points to is that we have a deeper understanding of what safety is Mm. um, in that we want everyone to experience shalom, whether they are mentally ill or poor or homeless um, or violent or deeply, deeply broken. Um, We want shalom for everyone, which is probably the best definition of safety that we could have. Amen.